Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hey guys. We're excited to be bringing you a new story today. Today is a uh, cold read psychic show, which means that I'm going to present a cold case to Katie. This is a case she's not familiar with, and she's going to give us a cold read on what she thinks happened. So we'll get to that in a minute, but we usually like to start with a little uh, check-in. So Katie, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. We just took a really fast trip to help our daughter move from one house to another and you know, did basically a 24-hour marathon, got home at like 1 o'clock in the morning. and Ugh. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of one of those sorts of weekends. And where she lives, it was 104. Oh, good heavens. And so that's not cool. But <laughs> <laughs> That is not cool. No, it is not. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I ended up on a lot of dog babysitting duty. Mm, well, that's not bad. We can't really leave our little chihuahuas home. We have one little guy that's 15 that has seizures and has to have medicine twice a day and really be monitored. And he's sure. blind and he's, you know, pretty crazy because of all of his <laughs> medicine. And so, you know, he's pretty much always in arms, you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. in the same room we are. And she has a puppy who, you know, basically requires the same treatment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he is wild as hell. And so, he is, he is one busy guy. Yeah. And so moving houses, we kind of had a period there where we didn't really have anywhere for them to be except for in the truck with the AC on. So, you know, I volunteered as tribute to uh, be the dog babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that just sounds like smarts to me. Oh, totally. Ooh, that kind of heat. No, no, no. Anyway, so really though, I'm good. We've got her moved and mostly settled and you know, she went from a furnished house to an unfurnished house, which is really interesting because now she gets to figure out a uh, like furniture and stuff. We had to go buy a washer and dryer yesterday and set it up. And, you know, she's subletting. So essentially she's the landlord now. So mm-hmm. now she gets to, uh, you know, be in charge of all of those things. So this will be an interesting uh, adventure for her. So yeah, it will. Yeah, the only thing we didn't do yesterday, we needed to buy some living room furniture. There's nothing. And Mm. we just were too tired and done and it just didn't happen. So she's going to have to buy from somewhere that delivers. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's just, that's the best I've got for her. Yep. There you go. Well, good. I'm glad she got moved. And, you know, at least now you're home and it's cooler and not as busy. So that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm doing well. Also, I had my ukulele lesson today. I'm taking ukulele lessons, which I really enjoy. And then after my lesson, I learned happy birthday on the ukulele because it is our younger nephew, our youngest nephew, Jackson's birthday today. He's 13. Mm -hmm. So I Snapchatted a video of me playing happy birthday on my ukulele for him. So that was a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with the ukulele. That is awesome. I love it. And so smart with your little teeny hands you know oh uh, yeah ukulele is the right perfect. yeah it's a string instrument i can play so i love mm-hmm. it well good yeah. job and i thought well, your video you. was wonderful well thank <laughs> you i had some fun with it yeah okay well, of course, well we're really both gearing up because tomorrow yes. is chad daybell's first day in court for his preliminary preliminary hearing yeah and that's happening in saint anthony idaho and so i'm gonna go there in the morning so court starts at nine o'clock hour time I'll be going up there around 8, 8.30. I'll try to leave my house about 8. I'll go up there and do a live stream, get some footage. There's awesome. uh, 
a lot of people are planning on just kind of being there as, you know, court stars. Yeah, there are news vans already there. I saw oh, some yeah. pictures. Now, and uh, in truth, interesting. Court TV has the uh, the rights. They get to stream it, and then all the other news sites will stream it from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is a closed courtroom because of COVID. You know, we went through all of this last week. But right. anyway, uh, so that's kind of what's happening. But I am going to go up and I'll get some footage of the court house and all the news and people there and we'll see what it looks like and then court starts at nine and should then be interesting evening, we may learn some things we don't know huh i suspect that's true i think there's going to be more info come out than what we have had thus far so that'll be really interesting to see i know yeah. Kay and uh, larry woodcock are in town they are and, i saw and i'm sure lots of other people I thought, I don't know, being camped out at the airport might be the place to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> In Idaho Falls. Yeah. Witnesses, yeah, that have been subpoenaed. I mean, it's likely this week that we will see Melanie Gibb, Melanie Pulowski, Ian Pulowski, uh, Zach Cox, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, the Woodcocks, of course, and others. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, April her friend April from Hawaii. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people that may be here to testify this week. We're not really sure what's going to, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. We only saw part of the uh, subpoena list or the witness list. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's going to be interesting. Really it interesting. is. It is. I know I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, we'll, we'll be live streaming. So the court lasts for two days. And so we're going to live stream Monday and give you the, the update on it, what everything that happened and then live stream again on Tuesday and give you the update for that. Uh-huh. Um, and then next week we will do the very same thing because Lori has court same preliminary hearing. Um, yep. So should be very interesting. And that's, what's interesting about this is that all those folks will probably have to be here that whole time. Right. You know, right. They've flown from out of town. They're probably going to be here for more than a week to, I would to attend both of those hearings. So, yeah. yeah, we will definitely give you the scoop on all of that. Yeah, we'll be sniffing around we'll all of it. And let you tomorrow, know. listening to court in the background all day. To try I to see what's happening because it's a lot to keep track of. I know. I have live radio tomorrow and Tuesday. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just going to have to do it and get caught up. I'm sure there'll be a lunch break that we can catch up on. So, Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll have to not listen some of the time because of what I'm doing for work. And then other times I can while I'm working, but we'll just see where I'm, we're all very interested to see what they're going to present. So, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, be sure that you keep an eye here and we'll keep you guys updated. And again, I'll do that live in the morning up at the courthouse and let you see at least what we're seeing from the outside looking in. Definitely. Well, and you'll be, you'll probably have a good laugh when you see St. Anthony, because we're talking about a very tiny rural Idaho town. (laughs) Not a place that's had this kind of press exposure probably ever. So the likes of this bullshit they have never seen before. And I'm sure are hoping to never, ever see again. Uh, Yeah, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Mm -hmm. Well, let's jump into today's case. So this is a cold read episode uh, with a psychic with a cold read psychic reading. So Katie, yeah. I've just messaged you a photo. Okay. This is Missy Beavers. Her name is actually, and maybe it's Beavers. I don't know. I'm saying Beavers. Um, her name is actually Terry, but she goes went by Missy. Okay. She was a, a personal trainer, exercise specialist person. She was a fitness instructor. Um, she was 45 when she died. She had three children. 
And she was stabbed to death inside a church in Midlothian, Texas on April 18th of 2016. Okay, hold on. Let me get a few facts down here. Sure. Let's see. <laughs> You're talking faster than I'm typing. Sorry. <laughs> I definitely am comfortable with Missy, not Terry. Yeah, that definitely is what she went by. So yeah. she taught um, 45. 45. And her death was? Uh, April 18th, 2016. So and she. Sorry, one more thing. She was stabbed to death in a church. Yes, in a church in Mid Midlothian, Texas. So she was in the church because she ran this early morning camp gladiator fitness class. It started at 5 a.m. Okay. And she taught it in the church. So on the day of her death, she um, arrived, according to the surveillance camera, she arrived to the church about 4.16 a.m. to set up for the class. And at around 5, there were several 911 calls that occurred from her students who arrived at the church and found her unresponsive. She had um, injuries that were punctures. She had puncture injuries. Oh, okay. Um, so, of course, she doesn't survive the injuries. Yeah. And the police, you know, know that the church has surveillance cameras. And so they get on the church's surveillance and they oh, find... Wait. She she wasn't dead when the students got there. She was just injured. Well, she was unresponsive and she did not regain consciousness. Okay. So I think she okay. yeah she never she never spoke or anything. Never, never regained. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. She had puncture wounds that were on her chest and head. So. Okay. So they checked the surveillance footage, and at three fifty a.m., they see a person break into the church on surveillance cameras. Now. The weird thing about it is that this person is dressed in head-to-toe tactical gear. They sort of look like a police officer dressed um, if they're on the SWAT team. Mm -hmm. And um, because of the way the person was dressed, that there was no way of knowing. Um, there was no, you know, no view of their face. You couldn't see mm -hmm. them. You could just see them dressed this way. And so it is their assumption that this is who, who killed her. Mm -hmm. um, this person was carrying a hammer. And so they do believe that her injuries were consistent with the hammer, like the claw side of the hammer, I think. Holy Christ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. So th this person um, wanders around in the church for a long time, you know, mm -hmm. well, I guess, I guess about 20 minutes, 25 minutes before she arrives. Mm -hmm. And they're just wandering around swinging this hammer and like, opening doors and looking in various rooms of the church i you can i watched some of the video and they're just wandering around yeah so they're scoping out the church trying to get a feel mm -hmm. for i mean that was tactical that wasn't mm -hmm. aimless that and, was for a purpose yeah right they're kind of getting the lay of the land before yeah. she arrived so the height analysis, because they can do that, um, you know, from the video, yeah. they think this person was around five foot eight plus or minus an inch and a half. So mm -hmm. around five, eight. One interesting thing about the suspect was that they walked with this weird gait. So their feet were pointing out, particularly the, the right foot pointed quite a ways out. Okay. So they had kind of a weird gait, sort of hunched back. And then this weird uh, toes pointing out gait. Okay. Um, 
And, you know, we don't know. Was that a, a permanent condition? Was that from an injury? Was that temporary due to an injury? Was it because of the tactical gear they were wearing? Nobody knows, mm-hmm. but that has been used as um, a way to try to identify um, her assailant many times mm-hmm. is looking at people who walk like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know the gender of her killer. It's impossible to tell from, from that video. So let's see. What else have I got for you? So she had well, three okay. children, but she was she divorced? No, she was married. So her okay. husband, Brandon Beavers, um, they did rule him out. So he was 600 miles away on a fishing trip at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some question also about Randy Beavers. Randy Beavers was her father-in-law. And he actually has a similar gait to the killer. Uh-huh. Um, but they did rule him out because uh, he said he was in California at the time of the murder with his wife. Now, there were a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions about all of this uh, leading up to the murder. They, they were having some marital problems, Missy and Brandon were, um, relating to money and potentially relating to an affair that uh, Missy may have had. It's not 100% known that she did, mm-hmm. but a lot of people believe that she was having an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they really never suspected her husband because he was so far away in an approvable place. Although, mm-hmm. you know, some people really believe that it was him. Oh, it wasn't really. him. I, yeah. This was a hit. It was him. Yeah. This was a hit. It, okay. Okay. If that's okay, I'm going yeah, <laughs> to stop you right here and, and, and give you what yeah, I've got. Go ahead. I, that, this was a hit. It was kind of a stupid hit, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't feel like the person that walks like, I don't think that's how they walk. I feel okay. like that was because of the gear they were wearing. Uh, and that's not normally their gait. I mm-hmm. don't think the father of law feels sleazy as hell to me, but I don't think that he was actually involved in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, if this was a hit, didn't they just shoot her? Well, mm-hmm. the, part of this deal was to make her suffer. This was, mm. you know, okay. there was some real, real problems here. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I absolutely believe, I, I believe he was out of town on this trip very intentionally so that he couldn't be implicated. But I absolutely believe that he did pay for someone to do this. Now, okay. I will say this. I do really wonder if the money for it passed through his father in some way because the, the chain, the paper trail of money doesn't seem to really match up. But I do feel like he paid someone to do this. This feels to me like somebody who's former military who is pretty crazy, you know, and, and mm-hmm. is willing to do things like that. Uh, this is a man who, the killer, is a man who really, really hates women. And I feel like is his specialty is attacking or not even necessarily killing, but attacking, stalking, uh, you know, causing mayhem for women who have done their husbands wrong. This is all about, you know, making women pay for whatever, for being bad wives or for cheating mm-hmm. or for lying or for whatever. But he has a serious, you know, woman issue i feel like he hasn't had good relationships in his life actually i feel like when he was deployed he had a wife who cheated on him 
kind of a serial mm -hmm. cheater. And he came back from, I'm going to say Iraq, but I don't know that for sure. But I believe Iraq, very screwed up. And from his experiences there, as well as, uh, you know, coming home to discover that the wife that he thought was, you know, supporting him and, and doting on him or whatever, had been sleeping with everybody while he was gone. And that was the last mm -hmm. straw. So how do they connect with him? This is some kind of internet thing. This is some kind of, I, I hate to sound so cliche and say dark web, but it is something like that, that I, uh, yeah, this is, he's willing to do whatever. Okay. So uh, it, it's interesting because the, a lot of people, you know, close to this family, there were a lot of questions about the father-in-law's involvement and people really did think he was involved. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there was, it was a, there was a bad financial situation and it was blamed on her. Although, you know, when she's the dead one, that's sort of easy to do. Sure. Um, and, and so there were people who did believe that he, that the father-in-law killed her to get her, get her, his son out of this mess they were in. Uh -huh. um, another interesting thing I just found interesting, although this is Texas, but um, Missy was armed. She had a gun on her. Mm -hmm. And they, they did find that at the scene. It was not, um, it was actually in the, it was in her car, but she did have a gun, which mm -hmm. I found kind of interesting. Like, did she have some idea maybe that somebody might um, have a problem with her? There, mm -hmm. um, I think no on that. I feel like she just uh, typically was did carry. That was just, just uh, okay. yeah, that was just, I mean, it is Texas. I mean, I mean it is and much like Idaho too bad that she didn't bring it in with her that day. You know, yeah, I, but I don't think she ever thought at her fitness class, you know, that was the place she had to worry. Right. Early morning at a church. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. there had been apparently there had been some statements made by her husband, interestingly, that he had concerns about her teaching that class at that church early in the morning like that because she was always there alone. Mm -hmm. Interesting acknowledgement of that. Yeah. She did post about her class on Facebook the night before her murder and they really had questions about that, that she had basically told social media where she was going to be early, early morning People alone. I, that wasn't, but yeah, I think it was a known, was a known thing. thing. Yeah. Um, there was a very small amount of DNA found at the scene, um, but it didn't give them any results. It wasn't enough to actually get a sample, enough of a sample to perform a test. So mm -hmm. this is a case that. Um, I back a little bit then. You know, she did fight, must have fought back a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was something there that they could test, but it wasn't enough to really do anything. Um, there are some of the, you know, the, uh, as, as I've recently heard the term citizen detectives. So people looking into <laughs> cases like this, I've been watching the, uh, um, I will be gone in the night, um, uh, documentary, which is the, um, Michelle McNamara documentary. She wrote the book about the golden state killer that okay. um, really they credit her with catching him, even though she died before he was caught. She was um, married to Patton Oswalt. Anyway, there's this really good documentary. Right, okay. on HBO, and there are all these folks that are kind of like us <laughs> and they call mm -hmm. themselves citizen detectives. So yes. Mm -hmm. So there are many citizen detectives online who say that they have found proof that she was communicating with another man on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. that they really think may have been a person that she was either having an affair with or getting ready to have an affair with, or at least mm -hmm. it was some kind of an emotional affair. Mm -hmm. um, they've not really come up with much in the way of suspects in this case. Mm -hmm. 
there have been a couple that they have, you know, that they have rolled out very quickly. There's been a lot of criticism on this case that this should have been an easy solve, or at least should have been solved by now. It's four years later, you know, and they're really no closer. The police in Midlothian, Texas, say that they are very much this is still an active case and they are very much looking for this person. But I, I mean, when you see the surveillance video and this person in the tactical gear, I mean, it's one thing to have them on video, but there's nothing identifying about them. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. other than the way that they're walking, which could mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's a red herring. I don't think the way they're walking, I, I think they were not just in the tactical gear. You could see yeah. but shielded underneath their clothing. Very, that was my first hit is that the reason they were walking that way is that it's because of what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. And that got a lot of attention and was used as potential to place some um, suspicion on the father-in-law. And actually mm-hmm. uh, the police have, have been pulling surveillance videos from all over the place and getting reports of people who have that same gate and investigating them on this crime. Never have found anything, but I think they're barking up the wrong tree on that. It That's a huge distraction, you know, that's keeping yeah, it is. They the person and they've tried to authenticate authenticate the gear this person was wearing too because it does look like SWAT gear, but really it's just tactical gear. Mm-hmm. And they've found nothing. I mean, it's yeah. there's nothing in what this person was wearing that gave them any form of identification. Yeah. So the person who did this does is not from that area at all. They okay. came in very specifically to commit this crime. They were paid to commit this crime. They drove. And so there won't be any, you know, video or or proof of someone flying into the area or something like that. I feel like they drove. Mm -hmm. I feel like this person is very um, nondescript, you know, Mm -hmm. and isn't someone that anybody looks at and goes, oh, got it. You know, I don't think he stayed in a hotel there. I think he literally drove in, showed up at the time he did, committed the crime and was out of town. Mm-hmm. I suspect that they, well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say they won't ever catch him because I wonder if they will finally bust him in something else because this is not the first crime he's committed and it won't be the last. Well, it hasn't been the last. And I wonder mm-hmm. if at some point they will figure it out. You know, I mm-hmm. also feel like he has family and friends that have absolutely no idea oh, that he's, that he's doing this. It. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's interesting you say that about driving because they're on some surveillance uh, cameras in the area of the church the morning that this happened prior to the murder, but very early, you know, where there wouldn't be a lot of people driving around. There was a 2010 to 2012 Nissan Altima Mm -hmm. seen driving around, behaving sort of suspiciously, turning off their lights while driving and pulling into parking lots and then in and out and, and, you know, so that in seeing that car, they haven't been able to identify the car or the owner of the car. They just know it's a 2010 to 2012 Nissan Altima. Um, but it does. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you just said just validated that. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. No, he knows. He knows what he's doing. You know, mm-hmm. he knows. And he came straight into town, went straight to the church did what he did and got the hell out and that's it. He didn't do anything to draw any kind of attention to himself whatsoever. Right. To be extremely careful. And he was in a way mm-hmm. that he just totally fit in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can, I can really see that because he, he got away with 
really no information. I mean, and, and wearing that tactical gear was a, a real forensic countermeasure mm-hmm. in that, you know, he didn't touch anything. They, you know, his head is covered. Everything's covered. He's not leaving any hair. Mm-hmm. He's not leaving fingerprints, anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, husband do for a just, because he used I the internet in a way sure. that was very uh, creative in a way to, mm-hmm. you know, prevent his internet activity from exposing what he was up to. Mm-hmm. So I didn't read anywhere. Or... Um, I didn't read anywhere what her husband does for a living. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that. So on the father-in-law, mm-hmm. he knows that something happened. This is mm-hmm. really a, I'm not going to give you too much information, but I need you to make this financial transaction happen. Period. Uh, okay. And I feel like he did. And maybe through no. his own back channels, I don't like the father-in-law. I don't yeah. like the vibe at all. And so, you know, I, I'm not so sure what his own, you know, criminal activities are. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, I do feel like he financed this uh, or at least, you know, made a financial transaction happen as to not implicate the husband. But uh, mm-hmm. so he knows something happened. He just doesn't know what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or how? Well, and 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 you know, people close to this case did really suspect him, and seemed to have good reason to in their own minds as far as their knowledge of him and his character. So I, I feel like you're picking up on, on what people who knew him and knew this family felt. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a a story on this case last year th- uh, on the three year anniversary with basically no new information at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the husband, Brandon was interviewed and he said that, you know, this is something that's still on the minds of everyone in their family, including their three children every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they hope for justice and blah, 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 that stuff that you hear. Right. Um, but, you know, he's, he's been set up really conveniently into being the grieving husband. Mm-hmm. One, one thing that, that was, um, that many found suspicious at the time of Missy's murder is that both her husband and her father-in-law were like hundreds of miles away at the time of her death. It seemed kind of convenient. Like the odds of both of them being out of town at the same time seemed weird. Um, Yeah, there were, there were definitely questions there, but they've not found anything. Although I don't, I have not seen any evidence that they ever like went through their uh, father's financial records. Now they definitely did, Uh you know, vet, husband mm-hmm. but as know, he knew if, they would you know yeah. as he knew they would yeah but with dad i mean when he proves how far away he was at the time i don't think that they've really right. looked into him very deeply mm-hmm. but if they were to look at his financial records they might find something there i don't think but they would. i don't you know, feel like they have i don't think they would i feel like these guys have been really smart and really careful mm-hmm. to be sure that uh there's really nothing to find mm-hmm. wow that's so sad. It's so sad for her children and her family. Uh, it was a loss to her community and to her students. Can you imagine showing yeah. up for an exercise class to find that your instructor has been murdered? I mean, mm-hmm. the the impact that crimes like this have on a community. I mean, it's just, it's unfathomable really how many yeah. people are impacted by um, a death like this and, and, and the, the fear that it creates in a community that, mm-hmm. you know, if it's happened to one person, could have happened to another. It's, mm-hmm. I think that the the toll of of a murder like this is so huge, and we know, having watched it now with the murders of of JJ and Tylee here in our area, yeah. just what it does to a community when these things happen is, yeah. you know, the the impact of a crime like that is massive. It it affects hundreds, maybe even yeah. thousands of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, wow. 
very sad and very sad for their kids. Yeah. For sure. I feel like her, she was a light, you know, she mm -hmm. was one of those people that people were just really drawn into. She had that gold light, you know, that everybody mm -hmm. wanted to be her friend. She was encouraging. She was lovely. I feel like people just really adored her. Yeah. Uh, I feel like her husband was quite insecure about that. Um, and I do think that an affair occurred. I mean, this, this was a revenge thing, you know, mm -hmm. this was a, I will make you pay Yeah. for the financial issues and then add to it. I feel like there had been some kind of, uh, you know, marital, marital something mm -hmm. go on. And, but I feel like always he was a little, uh, you know, and I'm sure I had lots of bravado to cover that up, but I do feel like behind closed doors, he was pretty insecure about how much other people liked her and loved mm -hmm. her and cared mm -hmm. about her. That this yeah. was, this has been an ongoing issue for him for. Yeah. Mm. Well, and as they got older, you know, and she obviously was, you know, doing it well. And I feel like not that he wasn't, but I just feel like he, uh, he just didn't like how things were going. He was mm -hmm. very insecure about her, her behavior. Yeah. And I do feel like she could be, I don't know, kind of cold and dismissive with him. I think she was over trying to make him feel better, mm -hmm. you know, and was really just doing her own thing. I think she did do that for a really long time and mm -hmm. was over it and was just really doing her own thing and, you know, spreading her own wings as, as best she could in that little sure. town. And anyway, it's just mostly I'm just really super sad for her kids. Yeah, I, I am too. And it it's always, it's just unfathomable to me. And this is why I think um, true crime stuff is so fascinating to me is that I cannot imagine a situation in my life where murdering my spouse would be an option. You know, like I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm fascinated by human behavior <laughs> Um, always have been, you know, and that's one reason why I became a social worker is because yeah. I'm fascinated with human behavior. But this part of it, trying to understand it so that we can learn how to prevent it and treat it and better understand that you would get to a point where you're only, you, in your mind, you're only out as murder, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially yeah, but that in, this, I mean, this yeah. was get back at you divorce yeah. wasn't good enough yeah because yeah. i want to hurt you but that you well, would want to hurt another person this badly just yeah but i i feel like he couldn't afford to get divorced you know <laughs> the financial situation was that uh getting divorced was going to hurt him more mm -hmm. and it was going to be better for her to and be the cost of the hit wow mm -hmm. interesting very yeah. interesting well ick that's too yeah. bad I know that is. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your read and you validated a lot of the things that I was feeling about it. And, you know, I, I, I feel like you're right that this person will be caught in another case and will eventually be connected to Missy's case. Yeah. Not that he'll admit it. I don't think he'll ever confess. I don't, this isn't no. one of those that you get nailed on one thing and spill your guts for 10. That's not the case. No, but there'll I be some like give them enough. Yeah. Yeah. Now, will he actually ever be prosecuted for it? I'm not going to speculate on that because it might just be enough to, you know, give her kids because as her kids get older, I, they're a little older now. But I mean, as her kids grow, they're, they're going to have a lot of questions. It. They're going to have a lot of questions. Yep, and yeah. They'll start doing their own homework. One of them particularly. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's one kid that will wants nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. One kid that's going to start really uncovering their own stones, doing their own homework. And another that's kind of 
supportive of that, but not really doing the work themselves. Really mm -hmm. kind of a, kind of a spread field there, but still, yeah. you know, it, they lost their mother and, you know, yeah. I, we, we lost our mom nine years ago and I still miss her every freaking day. I don't know how yeah. kids, you know, knowing yeah. their mother was murdered and with the completely unsolved case, I can't imagine the kind of long-term lifelong trauma that does. Yeah. You know? No, I, I can't either. I, I can't either. What they've been saddled with and this is, yeah. is awful. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll just continue to hold space that uh, justice will be served at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Not just absolutely. to the killer, but to the people who've arranged it. I mean, they're the people that really, mm -hmm. but the killer, I yeah. mean, because he's, occasionally taking part in something like this mm -hmm. certainly needs to be stopped. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you for reading that. I really appreciate it. Sure. Uh, I just want to remind you that you can find us on Facebook. We're true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters. We, that's our fan page. We also do have a discussion group of the same name that you can find um, and, and chat with us about our cases when we are on Patreon. If you like our work, and would like to support what we're doing and get free content, you can do that by going to patreon.com and just search for True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. You'll find our page. And we really appreciate everyone who listens, who watches, who supports us in whatever way that you do. Our podcast is really growing and we're just oh, thrilled man. to have you we all here with us. We just celebrate, celebrated 50,000 downloads. Yeah, we 5, did. 5,000. 5,000. 5, downloads, but 50,000 <laughs> 50, views yes. on, on uh, yes. YouTube. 50, which is YouTube views. Yeah, and 5,000 downloads on our podcast. Yeah. We're really excited. We are. We are. So thank you all for being a part of that and being here with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we will be back shortly with lots of information about Chad Daybell's preliminary hearing and Lori's and we'll be back with more great true crime stories and psychic reads. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Take care. Thanks everybody. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.